Well, hello, friends. Uh, first of all, let me say I'm really looking forward to beginning my course with you uh, tomorrow. And uh, as you know, it's going to be uh, just posted and it's remote and it will be up all day and all weekend uh, with readings. And it's 14 weeks on wealth and poverty in America. Uh, so looking forward to it. Uh, please write it down. Please join us. Uh, more inflation buzz today. The U.S. Consumer Price Index for January, it's expected to have risen a half a percentage point that culminates in an annual rise of 7.3%, which would be the largest such increase since 1982. And there's no question, yes, prices are high, but would you prefer a recession to inflation? I mean, as a practical matter, that really is the choice. When the Fed puts on the brakes, it often pushes the economy into a ditch. A recession is going to cause far more hardship for many more Americans than inflation is now causing, which is why we need to refocus attention on the real problems of working Americans. And that is the power imbalance that continues to keep wages and working conditions down when you adjust for inflation while pushing profits and stock prices up. Corporations have been increasing their profit margins with higher prices while households are being squeezed. Household debt has reached the highest level since 2007. What to do? Well, stop employers from using five tactics that are seriously harming working people. Three of them are legal but should not be. No other advanced nation allows working people to be treated this way. Uh, the first is forced overtime. Uh, your employer can force you to work for more than 40 hours a week. If you refuse, you can be reprimanded, demoted, or even fired. Forced overtime is at the heart of the explosion of strikes in 2021. Workers at a Frito-Lay plant in Topeka, Kansas, went on strike for nearly three weeks, demanding an end to 12-hour, what they called suicide shifts, forced 84-hour work weeks, and working conditions that have led to heart attacks, electrocution, even death. How is this legal? Well, it's legal because federal overtime laws are wildly out of date. The Fair Labor Standards Act of 1938 established the 40-hour work week and that workers must be paid time and a half for hours worked beyond 40 hours, but it imposed no limit on the number of overtime hours, unlike nearly every other industrialized nation. The term forced overtime simply should not exist. Congress has got to pass legislation that bars employers from forcing workers to work more than 40 hours a week. The second is forced arbitration. Now, under this often hidden provision, in employment contracts, you've got to waive your right to sue your employer or participate in a class action lawsuit against them. And employment disputes must be resolved under forced arbitration by a private arbitrator often chosen by the employer rather than by a judge or jury in a court of law. And the outcome is not public. Forced arbitration means that workers cannot sue their employers for violating any of their labor rights, whether we're talking about wage theft, discrimination, retaliation, or sexual harassment. 
You might not have any idea you're agreeing to this because it is buried in the fine print of your employment contract. Not surprisingly, the practice overwhelmingly favors the employer. One study estimates that forced arbitration enabled employers to steal $12.6 billion from low-wage workers in 2019. As of 2019, forced arbitration affected 60 million workers, and it is particularly relevant and prevalent in low-wage jobs held by women and people of color. Congress has got to pass legislation banning forced arbitration in employment contracts. The third, unpredictable and unstable scheduling. Millions of American workers are subject to just-in-time scheduling, in which your employer changes your schedule with little or no advance notice. Over 40% of younger retail workers with hourly wages report receiving their schedules with one week or less notice. Look, unpredictable scheduling puts workers at the whim of their employer and prevents them from planning for childcare, attending school, or holding down a second job. It also causes high levels of stress, and it prevents millions of working families from gaining financial stability and building wealth. It's time for Congress to enact a fair workweek law requiring employers to send out schedules at least two weeks in advance or pay extra for last-minute changes. Now, add to these three two other tactics that are illegal but have become standard practice nonetheless. Wage theft. Employers steal from you by working you off the clock, paying you below minimum wage, or not paying for overtime. A study of just three cities found that employers stole $3 billion in wages from low-wage workers in just a single year. On that basis, researchers estimate $50 billion is stolen from the country's low-wage workforce every year. Many of them, as a result, have to rely on public assistance, meaning we all subsidize corporate theft. What can be done? Tougher labor laws better enforcement, harsher penalties for employers, and stronger unions. The Protecting the Right to Organize Act, called the PRO Act, passed the House in March 2021. It contains all of these, but like many important bills that have been passed during the last year in the House, this one also is being held up in the Senate. Finally, number five, misclassifying full-time employees as independent contractors. If you're classified as an independent contractor, you're not entitled to minimum wage, unemployment insurance, overtime pay, sick leave, workers' compensation, protection against discrimination and sexual harassment, or the right to collectively bargain for better wages and working conditions. But full-time workers are being misclassified as independent contractors at an astounding rate, many gig-based companies have built their entire business models on misclassification. I mean, Uber and Lyft, for example, they saved at least $413 million a year by not paying into unemployment insurance. I'm sorry, that's $413 million between 2014 and 2020. Still a huge amount. And that's just unemployment insurance. The good news is that more than 20 states have passed laws prohibiting 
employers from misclassifying employees as independent contractors. The PRO Act, by the way, would make this the national standard. Look, inflation is a sideshow. The real problem is lopsided economic power, allowing employers to exploit workers by forcing them to work overtime, making it impossible for them to sue their employer for violating labor protections, making it difficult for them to plan their, their life outside of work, stealing their wages, and misclassifying them as independent contractors when they are full-time employees. American workers do have the power to change this, but only if they demand it and are not distracted by inflation scares. Organize, if necessary, strike. Keep pressure on Congress to pass the PRO Act. I'll see you tomorrow at the beginning, of course.